Welcome to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I am Chris Levine and will once again be your host this time around. I can't emphasize enough how genuinely happy that I am that you're here with us. We appreciate you. So to get started, I'm not making this up. Honestly, we've gotten requests to hear another song from Dive. Uh, In a recent episode, we played the song that's the bumper music for this show by the band Dive, which was an old band that I used to be in, and and you wanted to hear the whole thing, apparently some of you would like to hear another song. So why not? This, again, is Mr. John Villafuerte on guitars and vocals, Sean Hood on the bass, and me on the drums back in my 20s. It's kind of a funny thing. I actually wrote this one in the 90s, uh, and in the 90s there were a lot of one-word song titles, Lots of bands at the time had one-word song titles. It seemed that at the time, that was the end thing. They were just they were just the epitome of what to do. So, so being on the cutting edge of fashion as usual, I wrote this song back then and I called it, I just love to watch her smile at nothing special. What are you going to do? I must not have gotten the memo. Anyway, here goes. Enjoy. Says she don't know which way is up As she looks down at the ground She looks up at the sky And she swears she sees Her shadow in the clouds She pretends sometimes she's not around But she's easiest of any to pick out in a crowd To watch her, I just love to watch her smile at nothing special. It wouldn't be the first time 
So once again, that was Dive, per your request. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Now, before we get into this episode, one last thing. A few more listeners this week shared their personality test results with me. And, and still, overwhelmingly extroverts. But I've got three more. We have Scott in California. Uh, he came in at a 50-50 score between an ENFP and an ENTP, which is described as either a campaigner or a debater. Then we have Joe in New York. He checked in as an ESTJ-T, which is called a turbulent executive. And then we have our introvert, Carlina <laughs> from Texas, who is an ISTJ-T, which is known as a logistician. Very cool, all. Keep them coming. We appreciate you. We also want to take just a brief second to say hello to our new listeners in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and in Clarksville, Tennessee. So, hey, I've got a question for you this time around to get us going. How do you feel about art, paintings, films, collages, sculpture, floral design, acting, woodworking, music, custom vehicle designing, scrapbooking, drafting, glassmaking, drawing? Now computers are involved with a lot of stuff, too. So many variations of art. We probably all enjoy the results of someone else's artistry. But did you know that doing art yourself is used as therapy for a lot of people? Now, sometimes it's prescribed as therapy, but in a lot of cases, it's just kind of found as a kind of relief and as a therapeutic thing. The website goodtherapy.org gives us a deeper look into this. It explains that the term art therapy was coined to, to their knowledge in 1942 by a British artist named Adrian Hill. Now his circumstances were, were interesting. See, he personally discovered the healthful benefits of painting and drawing while he himself was recovering from tuberculosis. Uh, in, in the 1940s, several writers in the mental health field began to describe their work with people in treatment as, quote, art therapy. Well, what does this help people with? Well, the site tells us further that this has helped people with things like anxiety, depression, substance dependency, stress, post-traumatic stress, attention deficit hyperactivity, uh, aging and geriatric issues, coping with horrible things like cancer, compassion fatigue, heart disease, anorexia, bulimia, and then even in the most practical areas of family or relationship issues. Now, what's amazing about art, either by creating it or just taking it in, is that it can permeate our being even if we don't realize that it's happening. I'll give you an example. I, I remember in the 11th grade, I had to get up in front of an English class and the assignment was to read a poem. Now, in a nutshell, this, this was, was nightmarish because I was painfully shy and I also have suffered from short-term memory issues. Memorizing a poem just wasn't really going to happen. Uh, 
I also wasn't really a kid who read poetry enough at that time in my life to have any real affinity to have had a favorite, which maybe I would have memorized, but it was a required grade. So I remember sitting there on the day of nothing prepared, thinking, how am I going to do this? I don't want to fail. And then something hit me, and I, I got to admit, I got a little sneaky. I went up in front of the class, and I recited this as my poem because I knew it from memory. Here goes. I still know it now. Begin the day with a friendly voice, a companion, an obtrusive. He plays that song that's so elusive, and the magic music makes your morning mood. Off on your way, hit the open road. There is magic at your fingers. For the spirit ever lingers, undemanding contact in your happy solitude. Invisible airwaves crackle with life. Bright antenna bristle with the energy. Emotional feedback on timeless wavelength, bearing a gift beyond price, almost free. You know what that is, right? It's the spirit of radio by the band Rush. <laughs> so Rush wasn't top 40, so the, the teacher probably had no idea what I was doing. And honestly, 95% of those kids in that class probably didn't know what it was. But when I walked back to my seat and sat down, the teacher told me that was a good choice. I understood, wait a minute, lyrics could actually be considered as poetry. I've never, I'd never thought of that before. And, and, and I had, per there being lyrics, memorized hundreds of poems. Only the poems were set to music. They were lyrics. And you know what? You have too. Around this time, I remember I was trying to write songs. So it dawned on me that maybe I was writing poetry too. This led to many songs over a number of years, including the one we just played, the dive song. Here's my point. With each song, I got out what I probably would never actually talk to another person about, which brings us to what? Inadvertently, not by prescription, I discovered art therapy. I would also do the same thing with a lot of other mediums, now including podcasting. And I'm the first to admit that it's all in a roundabout way, therapy. It's therapeutic to do this. So how about you? Do you have a release or an outlet of expression when you just don't feel you can talk to someone sometimes? NPR online had a great article on this. Uh, quoting from it, here are some of the benefits that being artistic brings a person. One thing is that it helps you to imagine a more hopeful future. See, when doing art, people become able to imagine possibilities and see a future beyond their present moment. Another benefit, it actually activates the reward center of our brain. It says that engaging in any sort of visual expression, you feel good, and it's immediately perceived as a pleasurable experience. Yet another benefit, it also lowers your stress levels. Research has actually found that 45 minutes of creating something artistically in a studio setting or a calm setting significantly lowers cortisol levels. So it's real. Now, as far as pop culture is concerned, in 1936, there was a film called Rembrandt. 1936 was a long time ago, but it was based 
on the life of the artist Rembrandt. And it's a good on-film display of art and easing pain. Charles Lawton as Rembrandt navigates two worlds, the world of kings and queens, and also his having a foot in the reality of the lowly beggars. So he's finding his place in the world. He's finding his place as an artist. But, but what if you're listening to all this and you're like, yeah, that's all fine and good, but I, I'm no Rembrandt. I am totally artistically challenged here. Will art therapy still work for me? Well, bigthink.com helps us here. Notice what it says. It says, don't be too quick to dismiss art therapy as a helpful tool, even if you wouldn't necessarily consider yourself an artist. A professor of creative arts therapies at Drexel University found that among 39 adults doing an art activity for 45 minutes reduced stress regardless of their artistic ability. So I like that. Remember, when making something or writing something or designing something, the idea is not making something to impress somebody else or with the goal of potentially selling it. It's just you letting something out, you relaxing, it's expression. You'll note on these podcasts, I make mistakes and I don't go back in and edit them out because it's okay. So if you attempt to, for example, draw a horse and it winds up looking more like a dog, that's okay. And if it makes you laugh, even better. You see, art is so subjective. I always wondered, how does an art school teacher, or, or it's just maybe a high school art class, how do you grade people in this? See, to me, art is such a truly freeing thing. So if you're worried about not being able to paint, for example, a realistic looking face, just do your best. Or to just say, you know what, I'll paint a mountain. It's okay, there's no rules. Being a genius is not a requirement for doing art, ever. As mentioned, it's about expression, and for a lot of people, it's about slowing down for a moment and relaxing. Maybe you've experienced that. Have you ever painted on a canvas in a room full of people that are also painting? That room is usually pretty quiet. The talk, if it happens at all, is relaxed. And it seems like during that time where you're working, time sort of slows down. And that's the idea here. It's not a race. No ribbons need to be handed out at the end. Uh, how many movies, for example, do you love that never won an Oscar? Does this change the, how you view the movie? Probably not, because ultimately it doesn't matter. Think about it, 12 Angry Men, Singing in the Rain, Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, or The Color Purple, are all artistically acclaimed films that did not win Oscars. And then, of course, there are the movies that were obviously not made with Oscar in mind. Sometimes they're comedies or maybe kids' movies, things that may touch your heart but aren't overly artistically driven. These you may have seen over and over, and some of them may hold a dear place in your heart, and they never even were considered to be Academy Award-winning material. My point again, who cares? Fine Art Views is a website online, and they had a reader-submitted letter that dealt with the need for artists' validation. 
And, and while we're going to tackle the subject of validation in its entirety, or at least in more depth in an upcoming episode, I thought that we could tie some points here to worrying about our artistic, our artistic abilities or perceived lack thereof. This is what it said. Recognition appears to be a narcissistic need of most artists. It's a healthy need because it can motivate artists to improve their work and make more of it. It can also be an unhealthy need in that it can drive someone into making art that is a response to market forces and not true to the artist. So if these are trappings that the professionals fall into, the novices easily can fall into them too. So let's not worry about any of that. And if you need a place to start with all this, I'm not kidding. Get a simple coloring book and some colored pencils or some crayons. They make some for adults now. You've probably seen them. Then just sit somewhere comfortably, go for it, and watch what happens. Let's close with this thought. Art, whether we're enjoying it or making it or both, will not remove the problems from our lives. But what it does is what I hope this podcast does too, or what it's intended to do, and which is why I even named it Refresher, is it gives us a refreshing break. Art gives you a breather. You can escape in a healthy way while not losing your footing. That's why in many cases, art therapy works for so many people. So take a picture, build something, paint something, sing something, draw something, create something. And when you do, don't be overly critical. Just enjoy it. Taking breaks from our routines is essential to functioning happily. And, and, and while your painting of a bird might instead look like a painting of a weasel, your life gets better. And therein lies the real masterpiece. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present to you a Spotify playlist to musically illustrate our theme. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast art therapy playlist. You can find it really easily. Just go to Spotify, type in Refresher podcast dash art therapy playlist. This is a fun one for me because I know a lot of these people. I met and, and interviewed a lot of these artists. So let's go for it. Song number one is The Painter by Deep Purple. Song number two is I Touch Roses by Book of Love. I, I had the opportunity to interview Lauren Rosselli from this group. Um, she told me about a time when they opened up for Depeche Mode and how the crowd really turned on them, which I, I thought was crazy because like, when you listen to this song, you'd think that they would have been an ideal compliment as an act to tour with Depeche Mode. What are you going to do? Song number three is Sing Your Life by Morrissey. Song number four is Collage by the James Gang. Song number five, Poet by Sly and the Family Stone. I, I was privileged to interview Larry Graham before Prince had died. And in my opinion, this is my most favorite interview that I've ever done. Some interviews I did were funnier. Some were way more artistically driven. Some are way better written. Many were way more popular, but this one was the most real. Song number six is Le Fleur by Minnie Ripperton. I love this song for the record. Song number seven, Artists Only 
but talking heads. Song number eight, Ideas as Opiates by Tears for Fears. Cool Tears for Fears story. When I interviewed Kurt Smith, when I met him, I told him I love the name of his solo album. He has a solo album called Deceptively Heavy. Isn't that a cool name? So I asked him, you know, where'd you get that? And he told me that he guest starred on the show Psych, where he had a recurring role. And that in one episode, they had to physically pick him up out of a room in a scene. And one of the characters said that he was deceptively heavy. Anyway, he liked it and he wound up naming his album that. I thought that was a, a cool story. Song number nine is Five String Serenade by Mazzy Star. And song number 10 is My Coloring Book by Julie London. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Art Therapy Playlist. You guys, again, are also supportive. And I appreciate, appreciate you so much. Um, if you think others might like our program, please pass it along. Also, if, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, uh, you can make a small monthly contribution just by seeing the support this podcast link under the episode description in any of the major platforms, especially Spotify. It gives you the options of contributing either 99 cents a month $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month. If you are so inclined, that would be great. But whatever you do or whatever you don't do, just please feel free to listen and enjoy anytime you want. Another podcast of note is the Managing Expectations podcast featuring my friends Jeff and Brian. Check it out on Spotify. They're also on all the different platforms too. They are the Managing Expectations podcast. It is a a nice listening experience because they are the real deal. And also, there is the 7208 podcast on Spotify as well, where my son Harrison and I tackle pop culture multi-generationally. That is the 7208 podcast on Spotify. Oh, and in case you didn't know, by the way, Harrison is the Atomic Cat Gomez, in case you were wondering. As always... The music that begins and ends this podcast, as was mentioned, is the band Dive. And the song that you heard as bumper music, and you will hear again shortly, is called A Day Late. And it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. So until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. If you could do me a favor, please take care and do yourself a favor. And remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll catch you next time.